0: Hey, welcome to another episode of One Dive at a Time. This is your host, Rob Anderson. I'm the founder and director of Neptune Warrior. We've also got a couple of other projects going on out there that you may have heard of. Adventure IQ is one of those. Aquatic Awakening. Aquatic Awakening is one of the newer ones. I'm super excited about the work that we're doing with it right now, helping folks heal by using scuba diving and other water activities. So for more information, you can always check out. I'm going to give you a couple of different websites here. One is neptunewarrior.org. The other is scubarob.com. And the other one is aquaticawakening.com. Do me a favor, when you hear the podcast or you go out and you check out the blog, please share that. I don't care if it's on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever, right? The more shares that we get from the podcast and the blog, the more people we can help impact, people we can help heal, that's veterans, that's civilians. I've had an incredible opportunity over my life to travel to a ton of different countries. I think I'd counted up at one point, I think I counted like 41 different countries. I'm not even sure how accurate that is. But I've I've had an opportunity to be in some amazing places. I've had some opportunities to be in some places that weren't quite so amazing, but still made the best of it. I love the opportunity to get out and travel and really try to immerse myself into that community. You know, we are at a day and age right now where one of the, you know, where the hot topics is diversity and inclusion, equality and things like that. And I wonder if sometimes if we don't overthink it. And I'll tell you why, because I'm going to talk about the four F's and this is a formula that I have used probably my entire life. I think at a very young age, I was going down into Mexico with with my folks. Uh, When I was in the military, I got a chance to travel to Europe and then Southwest Asia and then on over into Asia with with my employer. I had a chance to go visit places like China uh, and Taiwan, Hong Kong, all kinds of different places where people don't look like me, they don't act like me, they don't think like me. And that is totally cool. I am that guy that when I get off the airplane whether I'm in whether I happen to be in Scotland or if I happen to be in Korea or if I happen to be in Taipei airplane lands you get there a lot of times with the way, the way my flight schedule has worked I get there in the morning after flying all night somewhere and you know if you go to bed the jet lag is just going to jump on your back the big z monster is going to jump on your back and before you know it you're just not worth anything so I always take that day when I get there to go ahead and stay awake and start seeing some of the, just some of the sites. And Howard Nix was a guy who was a mentor for me when I was really young. And when I was getting ready to go in the service, Howard had said, Hey, look, one of the best ways to stay out of trouble is go explore. And what he would do is he would, when he was in the service, he would take his three-day pass or take his leave, go check into a hotel room, and then he would walk out of the hotel room and turn you know, to, to a set direction, and he would explore all the way around that block. Then he'd come back to his hotel. Then he explored explore the opposite direction, and he got to where he would find things that were that were within his hotel. And then he would start moving further and further out. You know, and it's that you've heard me talk about the comfort zone, the learning zone and the panic zone. And I've been in travel situations where I've hopped on a bus and all of a sudden I took off and it got to be night. I had no idea where I was and I was lucky I got back. Right. But it was taking, it was going from that comfort zone of where your hotel is and moving out and learning and exploring. And once you become comfortable with that area, then you start moving out further and further. And that was something that I did from the very beginning. When I first when I first got to Germany, I started exploring where I lived. I got exploring where I was posted at. I would take a bus or a train and from the train station I would start exploring and and learning the area as I moved out. Well I expanded on that several years later, into what I call the four F's. And they are fun, food, faith, and family. Now, back in the Adventure IQ days, I used to call this the three F's. And just as I learned more about people, I really thought, man, I need to add that other F about family. And I think that's where I'm going to start. I'll move into Fun food and faith later but let's start talking about the family you see we are a lot more alike than what we may know and it goes beyond color of skin it goes beyond what our creed is and how we identify ourselves what our politics are it goes way beyond that because at the end of the day all of us come from some type of a family We have some type of support community. We have some type of tribe that we associate with. And whether that's a family of people that you're born of or that you are blood with or that you've been adopted into or that you were raised with, we all have this very tight central community that it's our family. It's our tribe. And one of the first things I try to understand when I'm not understanding somebody and I really want to understand them and I'm seeking to understand and I feel like maybe, you know, I get that feeling like hey, you know, this person's trying to get one over on me. What I come back to is that person is trying to support a family or is part of a family or has a family that cares about them. You know, I may not like them. I may not agree with them. I may even be revolted by them but there's somebody who cares for them and there's somebody that loves them and there's somebody that at the end of the day is happy to see them when they come home and so if we just start out with that core belief that we understand that everyone has a family then it starts to smooth the road out just a little bit more Whether I was visiting down in Mexico or I was working with refugees somewhere or when I was on a deployment and had to, you know, build out interpersonal relations with our allies and people who may or may not have been our allies. When I travel and whether it's in Hawaii where you've got a totally different culture, you've got that that island culture and you're the outsider or if you're going to a place like Rotan and people welcome you with open arms. Understanding these principles, these basic principles, not only helps you enjoy your trip or get your assignment complete if you're there for work, but it helps you understand people a little better. Now, there's a lot of different culture assessments. I know that I've worked with some folks. They use the Culture Wizard, which which is a which is a tool that's, that's used by a lot of corporations, Culture wizards. It's a great tool. It's a great way to gain a basic understanding of different cultures and maybe even understanding a little bit about your culture. But if we start out with that, bear, with, with, with that basic understanding that everybody's got a family, everybody's got a tribe, everybody's got community that they come from and that they're a part of and at the end of the day they'll go back to that, that's really where it starts out at. The second one is fun. Knowing and understanding what a culture does for entertainment. And it makes great conversation starters. Several years back, I was working in Taipei. And I was following the national baseball team rigorously. Now, I played baseball as a kid. And if you've heard on the podcast before, yes, I sucked at baseball. When I was in the eighth grade, I had a triple zero batting average. But I'll tell you what, I could play second base better than anybody. And so I got to play quite a bit. The people that I worked with in Taipei were highly energized by the success that their team was having in the world tournament. And it gave me something to start a conversation with. And you know what? Halfway through that assignment, I could rattle off stats. I could identify players uh, by their face or by their number. I could discuss the previous, night, uh, previous night's game. I was allowed to be part of the frenzy that was going on. I was the only white, round-eyed guy there, but I was there in this, in this big open mall area where they had large-screen televisions as Taipei was playing in that World Championship. And it was an amazing feeling to be part of that community that was having fun. That was their entertainment. As part of that fun, I also go to museums quite a bit. I love adding to my knowledge of the history and the culture of, of wherever it is that I'm visiting. But while I'm there, not only do I learn about history, not only do I learn about art, and not only do I learn about the politics of the nation, but I get an opportunity to see how people interact with each other. I see how children interact with their parents. I'm privy to those interactions that take place between people doing business and their customers. And I see a huge diversity in the people who are doing those interactions because they all have different preferences and personality types and, and the way they enjoy doing business or the way that they, uh, being tr- you know, they like to be treated as a customer what those expectations are. Something else that I used to do, and I've got a story for it later on how I actually got into trouble in Taipei doing this. But on a lot of my trips, I would take my GPS with me and I would print out a whole stack of geocache targets. If you don't know what geocaching is, go take a look at it. But very briefly, what geocaching is, you go to a a GPS coordinate and most of the time at that GPS coordinate, there can be... Uh, a little box and you and you trade out trinkets so if you also if you look up travel bug I'm a travel bug nut and basically what you do is you have a travel bug that is placed onto I don't know like a toy car or an action figure and it goes into this geocache it's a little cache site that you find by the GPS coordinates and then anytime that travel bug is moved the person who's moving it is responsible for logging where that where that travel bug goes to, and I've got stuff that I dropped off in Hong Kong. I have things that I dropped off in China. I, I have things that I dropped off in in Taiwan. That have gone all over the world. I've got stuff I dropped off here in Idaho that right now, I checked it just a couple of days ago, just by chance, and it's already been all across Asia, Korea. Uh, I'm trying to think now we're all went it went to Korea it went to Taiwan it went to Japan and right now it's in Europe but what I would do is I print out a stack of geocache targets that were close to my hotel and I would find these different areas like parks and museums and nature centers because those are those are magnets for people placing geocaches And it gave me a chance to get out of that hotel room and begin to explore. And by going to all those different places, it not only allows me to take in different samples of the culture and see what they do for fun, but oftentimes I get an insider's view of the city. There was a few years ago that I was working in Shenzhen and my geo-adventure took me to one of their national treasures which is a nature preserve that's in the heart of this massive city of Shenzhen. And I spent the day learning about the petrified forest that was there in Shenzhen. What was interesting is that when I went to the office the following Monday and they were, and they said, how was your weekend? You know, what did you do? I was able to talk about this park, this nature center, that only one or two other people in my office group knew about. And, and they were all from Shenzhen. They didn't even know that the place existed. So I, so I actually took them there uh, the, the following weekend and had a blast. But getting out and understanding what people do for fun, what's their recreation? I'm not a soccer player, but I've had opportunities to play soccer, or in those countries, as it is known as football. I've been to Burns Fest, which is in Scotland, celebrating Robert Burns. When I was in Korea, I had a chance to uh, get introduced. That was actually where I got introduced to disc golf was when I was in Korea. But understanding what people do for fun. And it's really no different than anything I might do here in the States. It's just I get to see them having fun in a totally different way. The next area is food. You know, as a guy, I've got to eat. And in my time working as a liaison and as a trainer to many of our different allies, I learned that most of the time, what's for dinner is only a shade for (laughs) what is that for dinner. And I know I've eaten things that would put me in the limelight of travel adventure reality shows on some cable network. But the combination of having a mother who insisted that I try a bite of everything at least once and having a natural curiosity of food, I've been, I've, I've the one who has uh, surprised, surprised most of the host. My mom was adamant, you have to try everything on a plate. We would go to, to different places or she would fix something different, or we'd be visiting friends or friends would have come over and I would look at something. And I'd want to turn my nose up, but my mom taught me to be very polite and to try at least a bite. And man, I'll tell you what, not only was I surprised by the food, but I also surprised and blessed my host. I've been taken to places that I'm pretty sure they're like, hey, let's, let's mess with the American. And I'm surprised them by eating the same things that they're eating. Chicken feet, chicken hearts, whatever it is, right? Just different kinds of things. Haggis, I, I actually like haggis. Of course, haggis is a lot like jack-in-a-box tacos. It's kind of the same meat. I have a friend who's from Scotland. I have to talk, talk about haggis on the half shell, and that's what I'm talking about is jack-in-a-box tacos. But, you know, in all seriousness, breaking bread together is a bond that it, it unites people, right? In many traditions, to host or to have a feast with someone is similar to passing the peace pipe in our own Native American tribes. I found that entertaining a food situation that is is better to ask what something is after the meal. Don't ask before, you always ask after. And a lot of times I will get a story about a grandmother who made a special dish and a history, or maybe even the history behind that food. Now I travel solo most of the time. And oftentimes this is by design. I, I'm now traveling. I've got my travel partner. My girlfriend's my travel partner. So getting her into the, into the mood or getting her into the situation where she is willingly to try things, been a little bit of a battle but she's coming along really really well but like I said before I travel solo most of the time and oftentimes it's more by design I like to go and experience the area before getting the guided tour from my host so when I showed up in Shanghai oh gosh it's been 12 13 14 years I took off from my hotel and started exploring the area And I got to know some of the shopkeepers so well that by the time that my trip there ended several weeks later and they decided to take me out on the town of things that were close to where we worked at, I would walk in and the shop owners or the restaurant owners already knew who I was. They started calling me the mayor of Shanghai as a a joke. I find I can process the experience. The host provides much better if I go out and I explore on my own before I go out with them. And as long as you're staying safe, going solo provides some very unique opportunities to try different foods in the area. I try my hardest to stay away from American fast food stops. In fact, the only place I ever got sick in all of my travel was I got sick at a Kentucky Fried Chicken that Larry French took me to. That's the only place I ever got sick. But man, eating off of the economy, as we might say, or eating off of, you know, you know, street vendors, I've never had a problem with that. But American fast food stops just just don't do it for me. On a trip to Korea a few years ago, I found myself in pretty much what the the equivalent is of a greasy spoon in the US. It's good food. It's cheap food. It has average, sometimes slightly below average service but it has lots of people. And my tactic is usually the same. I order the same dish as the person that is closest to me. And this not only provides some of the most unusual dishes I've tried, but also the respect of my coworkers when showing them pictures the following week. Thinking of Korea, I experienced kimchi, bulgogi, kimbap, and I did all that on my own before my host ever took me out. And Honestly, bulgogi is probably my favorite. The tabletop grilling experience is something i uh, you return know, time and time again for. And none of these fantastic foods are ever experienced in a TGI Fridays or McDonald's, which you do find overseas. One of the richest food experiences I've ever had was with my friend, Amon and his wife. When they did take me to, or when they took me to Burns night, when I was working in Scotland, and it was kind of cool, you know, I got to, you know, I got to wear my kilt. I, Alma you know, took me to a store where I could get, uh, you know, you know, basically a, 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 shirt that I needed to wear, and, and a a tantrum, which is is like a is like a bray that you wear that I wore for for the Burns night celebration, and it's it's a celebration of a great poet. And it even includes o's Tagus and bagpipes and Scottish traditions. And it's one of the most memorable experiences that I've ever had in my entire life. Speaking of faith, I have some very strong spiritual beliefs uh, or beliefs, rather. I have some very strong spiritual beliefs and I know where I stand in my faith. But still, to better understand people You have to understand what they believe in. When I was deploying to Saudi Arabia for the very first time uh, for Desert Shield, I read the entire Quran. I did did the same thing on my first trip to China. And I was trying to understand and grasp both Confucianism and Taoism. I've been very fortunate to be invited into various houses of worship from high church in Scotland to small corner temples in Taipei. And I relish those experiences. A few years ago, while I was working in Seoul, I found myself at the largest Buddhist temple in Korea. And it's right there in Gangnam. It happens to sit right across from one of the largest malls in the world. And that whole site is just dedicated to faith. I spent the entire day one day, and even and and actually I spent several days, and I even spent a few nights on the site. I watched things like drumming prayers. And I watched monks meditating uh, to that drumming. I spent time praying on my own and meditating on my own while basking in the warmth of communal fires. I shielded myself from a spring rain that popped up uh, right there in the temple. And it allowed me to really learn my own journey. And then, tied very closely to food, I was even invited to sit and eat a very humble meal of rice and soup with some of the resident monks. I will never forget that experience. going back to Scotland um also gave me the opportunity to spend an afternoon in an older Orthodox Church and it's interesting on how similar the conversations I was having with the monks while I was in Korea and the conversations that I was having with monks that were in Scotland. The conversations were so, so similar. Getting opportunities to travel as a diver and even getting opportunities to travel in your work, you're missing out if you're not looking for those four things, family, faith, food, fun, It's a lot easier to embrace diversity. It's a lot easier to be inclusive. And it's a lot easier to look at people as equals if we understand those four things. And diving gives you a special opportunity to be in some of those beautiful places that you've ever been. Don't always focus on the water. Focus on the people that are around you and what they're doing, what they're eating, how they're enjoying life, how they're supporting their family. Understanding fun, food, faith, and family of people has really helped me connect in so many ways. It's a great place to start to understand a culture and even the variances within a culture. I always find that interacting with a culture becomes much more interesting, especially when told by a client in an interview, you need to understand us. You need to understand China, you need to understand Japan, you need to understand Europe. Because I believe that there are people who can learn one or two cultures through experience, and then there are those of us who can adapt and assimilate into a culture to a point where they are more than accepted, but they're respected and almost made an honorary member of the culture. One last example here, on a a trip to China, I got to know that area so well that it felt, many times, it felt like it was home and I felt a strong connection to the people that were there. In the end, get out and explore. Understand people. Understand how they're the same as well as being different. Step out of the hotel. Step out of the out of the dive shop area. Be safe. Be cautious. But go out and explore and learn what you can about the places that you dive. That's all I've got for this episode. This was something that was really on my heart as I've been thinking about some upcoming trips that are are just around the corner for myself as well as Brooks. So remember, as long as you've got air, you're going to be all right.